Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we're with Codewell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. And you are my licensed assistant. And you are the agent. Excellent. So in the studio today, we wanted to branch out. And I know we've had a lot of people from the community, but we wanted to get some of the businesses who help build the community as well and reference directly with, you know, being a homeowner. So we've got Deb from Aaron G. Herman Plumbing. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, yeah. Not a problem. So how how is the best way to, for people to get a hold of you guys over at Aaron G.? Um, well, we have our main telephone number, which is 715-423-7430. Uh, we also get some people that send in uh, for email requests, with, uh, which is G at wctc.net. And once in a while, they pop up on Facebook and we catch them. So oh, it's great that you guys have a Facebook page. Yes. <laughs> it well, could we're going to have to check that out. To date, but <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where it, it, it's a love or hate relationship when it comes to a business Facebook page, because once you start it, you have to keep up with it. And then right. it turns into its own animal or it just is a, I have it. I don't really use it. I check it maybe once every two months and it does what it does. No, so, I agree. <laughs> you know, just trying to keep up with it of, you know, hey, this is what we did this week or something like that of trying to build that into your schedule of the the maintenance side of Facebook. Yeah, but it's also cool that we might, you know, get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes, you know, the the products that you guys offer and what, um, you know, specials have come come up or are coming up. So, right. It's really neat. Right. So originally I always thought Aaron and G was electrical and that is very much not true correct right, right. okay it's always so, been plumbing and hydronic heating only not for scare oh wow so, okay so you deal with the the boiler systems stuff like that right in, in the homes okay well that's really good to know because i didn't know that like i said i always thought i was an electrical company and i probably have called a couple times asking if you did stuff with the electric we, we get a lot of people that do <laughs> they mix okay. us up with uh econ oh yep and that's okay. where the mix up comes once in a while so what's the history? Y'all started in the 1940s? 1949. Um, my grandfather, which was Phil Aaron, and his partner was Grant G. And they started the Aaron and G Plumbing and Heating. Um, then my father took it over in 1964. And my brother Jim and I took it over in 1995. Oh, wow. And then in 2002, we bought out Herman's Plumbing and Heating. Okay. And that's where we are today. That makes sense. I I was always curious where Hermans came into it. Yep, that's it. They were they wanted to sell, and uh, uh, Faye, who was the one of the original owners, she was getting a little elderly, and Scott wanted to move, so we purchased them. So, and brought over their technicians as well. I brought over their plumbers and, okay. and moved their office, uh, which was on the east side, over to our office on the west side. So your so. location is behind IGA. Yeah, a uh, kitty corner kind of behind IGA, not so directly General behind. Dollar, General uh, Dollar. Further, um, let's see, we'd be further west. Okay. Uh, if anybody knows where the old park and rec building was, we are right now, at matter of fact, we own that whole block area then uh, next to the park and rec, including the park and rec building. Okay. Excellent. So, so good. So heating and cooling, it's always- No cooling. Oh, no cooling. Okay. So just heating. <laughs> just heating. Heating and plumbing. I will get this straight. Probably- <laughs> it's, It confuses a lot of people. It's, it's It does. <laughs> Usually, it's easy to confuse me some days, but that's all right. So with the plumbing part, so if I'm redoing my bathroom and I need the bathroom all replumbed, is that something you guys do? We do. We do bathroom remodels. Uh, we do new homes. Uh, we do, uh, we call it light commercial. Uh, we do a lot in the school district, uh, mid-state tech, um, various other different uh, corporations in town and that, and uh, either just maintenance, repairing things that are broke, or like you said, replacing um, or building new home, the plumbing and all that. So Okay. So kitchen sinks too, you know, trying to, just the, the plumbing for the kitchen sink is what you would be 
hired to do. You don't do the full kitchen remodel. We don't do the full kitchen remodel, but we do have carpenters that we've worked with that, um, that we can do the whole project so that we are available to take care of everything for them. Okay. Well, good. So, and then with my background over at the hotel, me doing maintenance stuff, it was really cool because back in the seventies, Aaron and G did a lot of the plumbing outfit when the building was built. Right. We did the original, the tower, the, I don't know how many that, story that, that tower is. It's five stories. Okay, that one. And then when they remodeled the uh, West Wing, we also did that plumbing. In the late time. 90s. Right. Yeah. So whenever I had a a problem and it's just, you know, couldn't quite figure it out. I'm like, you know, got to call in the old pros and <laughs> y'all knew it. And so you sent over the right people. And Right. Because a lot of them, uh, our employees have been there a long time and we don't have high turnover or anything. So how pretty employee- much they remember. <laughs> How many employees do you have? Well, we're quite small, actually. We're uh, There's four guys um, that are out in the field. Also, Jim is a uh, master plumber, so he can go out in the field also, too, so he can fill in, too. Otherwise, he and I are in the office a lot of the time. Okay. Any plans on handing it off to the next generation? Uh, no, he has a daughter, and she's uh, an engineer in, in the uh, medical field, so that's not going anywhere, and I don't <laughs> have any children. So. All right. So, um hopefully somebody will buy it out when we're ready to retire. Excellent. Hopefully that won't be for a couple of years yet. You guys well, are still not. young and young and spunky. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so residential, um, you said you work with some carpenters too. Uh, do you guys do wells and septic or? We do wells, um, septics, also we, jetting and cleaning of pipes for plug lines. Okay. Cameraing. We have a camera that can go into your sewer line to see what's see if there's it. roots in there or whatever, um, that type of system. So we pretty much encompass almost everything in the plumbing field. Okay. What's some of the strangest things that you've heard happen or have happened? Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. It would be, be interesting sometimes to see what people pull back from sewers. Oh, sure. Um, mm-hmm. Years ago, we had... Uh, Kind of when women wore girdles, a lady must have decided at her office she didn't want to wear it anymore. Found that in the sewer system. Oh, my. (laughs) Have found telephones, uh, box cutters, uh, people working, they fall out of their pockets, Mm -hmm. in they go. And And the kids' toys. Yeah. A lot of kids' kids toys toys. are are famous. Yeah. Kids are famous for putting anything down there. Mm Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe also has the Naval Department, so the Navy has to go, you know. That's very true. Seek, search, and destroy. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I know with some of the restaurants and the grease traps, so it, when uh, a restaurant washes pots and pans, there's a trap that helps collect and separate the grease. And sometimes those get missed or overflown and then into the sewer system and all that stuff is just, um, it's amazing how much it can collect and stop up. Now, even at a house here, now we're in the country now on a septic and I'm a little bit more cognizant of what I put down in the drain just because of things like that. But you do want to be careful, even if you're in the city, about putting it down um, because it's going into the city and eventually it gets with a wastewater treatment plant. And mm-hmm. depending on what you put in there, like sometimes people have thrown medications in there and that can kind of screw them up at the wastewater treatment plant because they're right. monitoring that level of whatever they're checking and all that. And they just don't want that kind of stuff coming through down to it. So. Sure. So you don't want to be dumping grease down your uh, your drains at home, neither. It'll solidify, and eventually you'll have a problem. Is that the the treatment end of things? It's all about bacteria, right? Right, right. So you got to keep those microbes healthy and happy in your septics for sure. You want to keep that going. Mm-hmm. Let's see, uh, water heaters. We do a lot of water heaters. Um, do you do the tankless hot water heaters? We don't do as many of those as others. Okay. We do once in a blue moon, but not that often. So Okay. Those basically, because in a lot of cases, uh, people don't want to have the maintenance that are, is entailed with the tankless. You're, uh, to, you have to maintain them yearly, flush them out and all that, and people don't want to have that continual maintenance. Right. Or if there is a long run, if uh, the, the water heater is on one end of the house, We've had a situation, too, where bathtub was on the other end, and a bathtub gives you so much water out of it that they couldn't get enough hot water to, because it was such a long run. So, so And of, we've seen that before, too, where, mm-hmm. you know, if it has, like, that whirlpool tub, that two-person, three-person whirlpool tub that they're trying to fill, 
to have a dedicated hot water heater just for that because otherwise the runs are too long or it's going to be cold because by the time you get it by the time you get it all filled up exactly and then there are like on whirlpool tubs there are heaters but they do not heat the water they only maintain Maintain. the temperature you put in so people sometimes have a misconception of that that oh just turn the water heater the heater on on the tub and it'll heat the water back up well no it's just going to maintain it right not going to go any hotter so it's interesting to hear that there's still the standard old school tank you know with the vertical cylinder and that's mm-hmm. that's the way a lot of people are still going very popular yeah um i i know there was rumors a bunch of years ago maybe about five ten years ago that that would be um on the outward path kind of outlawed and and really restricted yeah and we haven't seen that yet so um i i don't know if you'll see them go away i i just don't see it in the foreseeable future so i think they'll get more energy efficient though they did. A um, few years ago, they kind of modified them and added a little more insulation. And so that made them more energy efficient to the point that years ago, people used to wrap them with like a fiberglass wrapping mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And you really don't want to do that because that does ruin your warranty if your really? heater's under warranty because it's meant to uh, give off whatever heat it wants. It's it's set up for, for yeah, that. So too. they don't want you to over and hold that in more. Okay. So. Um, so what if it's like a, a crawl space? So we've got a crawl space, dirt floor. There, there is really no no heat down there. Would that be, you know, wrapping it be wise, or just do you buy the the hot water heater that is designed to go into that space? Well, you really best if you have it in a crawl space like that in a cold environment. You want to get heat down there because if if that doesn't freeze, a pipe may freeze or whatever down there best bet is to try to get some sort of heat heat in that area okay i was going to ask you about that wrap because we see that often in in the Mm -hmm. homes Mm -hmm. even in i want to say like the early 90s homes we're still seeing you know that nice silver wrap that they put on that yeah it looks real nice (laughs) it looks really nice and pretty you cannot see when the model number or anything like that, but it's all nice wrapped up pretty. Looks like the silver can sitting in the corner. Right till about the time you have to go repair it. And then you're going to make it not look so nice because you got to figure out how right. old it is, if it's worth repairing mm-hmm. or if it's just better to replace. Now, does your company do the install date on the on the hot water heater? So yes, once you put it in there, it's got that install date. So it's got that a tag that tells you when it was, when it was put installed. in. So. Otherwise, always coded on your serial number of your water heater is the date, the year that it was made. It is. It is. Uh, Different companies code it differently. So, uh, for instance, um, I think it's like Ream. I think they'll start out with maybe an RH, and then they'll have two digits, and that's the year it was. Oh, okay. Uh, Bradford White does it a little different, uh, starting out with an ABC code, and that tells you what month, and then another code for what year. Okay. So, but they all have it coded in there that I know there's a way to find it out. <laughs> our home inspectors always can figure it out. I mean, they just look at it and they're like, well, it's right here. I'm like, okay, I don't know what you mean by it's right here. And it's so yeah. tiny always. It is. But, well, yeah. <laughs> Magnifying glass out. So. so do you also sell products? Um, like can a, a Normal, normal person, right? Can uh, just <laughs> an any old customer, homeowner. <laughs> right? A, a DIY person come and buy fixtures and whatnot. Oh, from we definitely. It? Yes, we have a lot of people that do come in just to. Uh, they'll buy the toilets or the sinks, kitchen sink faucet, if they're capable. You know, some people are very mechanically inclined. Others not so, which I guess is what keeps us in business because the people that can't do it. There are just some days it is worth writing the check and just <laughs> going. It'll be done. <laughs> I'll go to work, mm-hmm. I'll come home, and it's done. And I don't have to worry about anything. Yes. And that is a very nice thing. It is. It is. And we have once in a while, my husband said he'd fix this, and it's been three weeks. And mm-hmm. so get in here and get it fixed because I'm sick of waiting. Well, you <laughs> don't have to remind me every six months. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be eventually. <laughs> I just installed a the dishwasher upstairs, and then it took a little bit. You know, the next phase was actually doing the... Uh, the plumbing portion of it. So mm-hmm. I had to make sure I had the right fittings and whatnot for the drain and all that jazz. Exactly. So um, so what brands do you carry? Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned that you do carry, you know, stuff in your store. So 
you know, are you a Kohler dealer or uh, we have Delta? Kohler, we have Kohler. Um, we also have, as far as fixtures, Kohler. We do Gerber, okay. Mansfield. Um, and then as far as faucets, we have Kohler, Delta, and Moan, uh, which are three quite popular ones. And uh, and then all the accessories that I say if you want to go with it uh, type grab bars that can match your faucets, uh, colors, I guess some of the colors are, um, like matte black is starting to come around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, brush nickel and stainless have been around for quite a while and they've been very popular, but still the basic chrome, the shiny chrome, because you know, it's never going to go out and you can always match it. So, right. So you don't have to worry about that later on. If, if a, company decides to discontinue the color because like for a while oh say the white and the biscuit faucets to match the sinks were very popular and then those are pretty much gone because they yeah. got replaced by the new you know the the new style the, the, the companies want you to buy to yeah. replace <laughs> right so can i get like the custom-made sink so if i've got like that really old bathroom and i need a new sink and so I want to have like the nice, like a granite sink and then, you know, a, where they've got the drawers. So it's not a double sink, but it's space enough for a double sink. And can I order like with a single sink? You can order vanity so that it comes up the right way. However you want it, if my drawers on one side, doors on the other or flip them around. And then you uh, can get like a molded simulated marble top okay. type thing. And adjust that bowl to wherever you want that on that top, whether it be in the middle, left or right. And if you want it two inches from the left, you can get it two inches. You know, I, I know some of the, the the older homes, you know, they've got that special sink where when you it's a small, really narrow bathroom. So it starts off in the corner at maybe three inches and it slowly gets wide enough for like, you know, I call them like super small. They're only like 18 inches deep. Right. For the countertop itself. I mean, yeah, and you can get the countertops and anything, but the sink will varies on what size you can get in it. But okay. there are different shapes, oval, round, square, and then some are a little bit longer. Do they still have the clamshell? The they do not. Shell? No, that's gone. Okay, that's gone. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm going a little vintage there. Some of those trends really needed to die. <laughs> you know, they were probably nice at the time and different, but it's I'm thinking okay. you weren't going to get it in your house. <laughs> you know, I can always try. We, we actually have a pink bathroom. We do. I do too. <laughs> um, yeah, because our, our ranch house was built in the 60s. So those intense colors were really a thing back then. Right. And that's kind of um, almost faded out too, to where the, the white, Biscuit and your almond or bone are your basic colors because, again, they're not going to go out of style where in the 70s you had, like, some real bright lime greens and oranges right. and right. bright yellows and that. And, the mustard yellow. Yeah, and then you just can't get them anymore. <laughs> and that's so. probably a good thing, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> so with the heating, we'll switch over mm -hmm. kind of now to the heating. You said that you do the boiler system. So boilers. not the forced air. Not forced air. But correct. the boiler system. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the boilers because we still have homes in, in Rapids and in, in Port. I think a couple of them we've seen in Nakusa that have the boiler system, which a lot of people are not too familiar with. Right. There's more forced air out there in this area. Of hydronic heat is very, very popular on the East Coast. If you ever watch a lot of the uh, home and garden shows and that, you'll see a lot of hydronic heat in those areas. And around here, you do have quite a few boilers in that. And then so either you'll have the radiation going along the outside wall of your um, room, and that's where the hot water is running through it, and that's what's heating your room. In newer homes, if they have it, it's all in the floor. Oh, okay. And so you, you have your shoes off, your feet are warm, you're going to feel warm. You can actually, the temperature doesn't have to be as warm in your house because it just, you feel comfortable because your feet are your warm. Your feet are warm and you're comfy. Okay. So regular kind of maintenance with the the boiler system. So it's an enclosed system where the the water is continuously being circled. So it's it's a continuous moving and it moves throughout the whole entire home and it gets heated up and then gets sent back out. Sent back to the boiler to reheat it. It it's a yes, closed system so you don't have to you shouldn't have to add any water. <laughs> Unless you have a leak somewhere, which then it which will. hopefully you would be able to be found, found out sooner. Out soon, sooner than later to. To totally empty it out. Right. So is there like, 
any special heating elements that we have to keep an eye on? No, basically you want to just get them cleaned out once in a while. You know, as if anything, yeah, your water heater can get dusty underneath it. If you do have animals, you can end up getting hair that gets sucked in toward the burners. So you vacuum them out type thing and uh, get them cleaned up so that they run efficiently. Okay. So. so during the summertime, obviously we're not circulating that water. So is that water treated with anything? So that way it doesn't, I don't know, I think of water sitting in a pipe, it's going to get moldy. It's going to get, it, it's not going to be like fresh water, it, but, but it, but it's not getting into any oxygen. So it's not getting a thing, but, and some homes they will have, um, antifreeze in it. Okay. The, uh, a percentage of antifreeze that will help with that. So um, but a lot of homes don't have that okay. antifreeze and they're, they're just fine because it's, like I said, it's closed system. So you don't have any type of mold. And by the time thing. that you do turn it on and in the fall, it's not going to have that chance of freezing in the pipes because we've turned it on soon enough to start that circulation. circulation. Yes. So now we, a hydronic baseboard is, is a popular choice. And you said in floor, uh, I see a lot of in floor concrete. But do you do in floor with like wooden joists and whatnot? Can, can a traditionally built you home? can you yes you can you can do it um, if you have the so you want it on your first floor because you say you're in your basement in the concrete when you're building it you can do it on the first floor you can also revamp your house if you want to if you have a hydronic heat system and put it's a um, PEX piping but a HEPEX pipe so it's for heating not water okay and you put that up in your joist spaces um, to your first floor. And then you cover it. There's a little panel that's kind of an insulator. Okay. And up there, and then you can change that to a heating system. And it, it'll go through carpet. It'll go through tile. Nice. There's, there's no issue with the things. And some people, we've had been in a couple of homes, they just kept the basic thin layer of, con- it's a thin layer of a gypcrete that they put in when they do it on the first floor. So it's actually in like a type of concrete, but. Okay. So I know a lot of that is a, a heat transfer sort of. Um, so you need something substantial to hold the heat and continue to radiate that off so you don't get hot spots and whatnot. Right. And, but th- that is a wonderful heating system. It's, it, you know, it's a little more costly if you want to say it is to put in than a forced air system. Sure. Um, but you just, uh, the benefit of it, of always feeling comfortable when you're going room to room and you never have the, like with a forced air system, your temperature drops, your temperature drops, and then all of a sudden it kicks in and you get that blast of hot air. And right, it shuts off and then start cooling down again until it hits you again. So, how long does does a boiler system last? What is its its age span? You can easily get thirty years out of them. Okay. Uh, some some homes even further, you know, uh, because they just they do maintain v- themselves very well. So, as long as it's properly maintained and everything, there should not be right. It's too like many. with with any item you have. Whether it be you your appliance, it. any yep. appliance, as long as you maintain what you're supposed to be doing to it, uh, things will last longer than if you don't maintain. But it seems sensible. There's less moving parts than a forced air system, uh, kind of comparatively, you know, with the air moving through everything and getting it dirtier, faster and whatnot. This mm-hmm. this seems to be a smaller, cleaner system almost. Right, right. Um, also notice with the forced air that a lot of it's relative with humidity as far as uh, air comfort. So with our forced air system being it running so much, especially in the really, really cold parts, it'll take a lot of moisture out of the air and just moving it and blowing it and whatnot. Yeah. So that, then you have to add a humidifier or whatever to get you some mm-hmm. moisture back into the environment. All right. So we're in Wisconsin. It's going to get hot. Um, if we've got a hydronic system, how do we deal with air conditioning? Uh, there's a unit that you can put in, and then what they do is they cut holes in your ceiling. Okay. And they're little round holes, they're air vents that come, and then that blow does blow air down just like a regular system uh, in air conditioning system would. Okay. Is that like so. the Mitsubishi? Uh, well, those hang on a wall. Okay. But you can also do those. Those are like a split system, they call them, and you can hang those on the wall and and do, uh, depending on how your house is laid out, how many you may need or something. Do you have like a contractor that you work with to install these? So if you're, if they've got a... You go to a home and, you know, they need their boiler system to be changed out and they want to work with someone to do the air conditioning. Do you recommend anybody? Um, well, we've worked a lot with uh, Rapid Sheet Metal has done a lot of, I know they do a lot of the split systems um, mm-hmm. for homes that 
Okay. And then they've been in the area a very long time too. Yes, they have. Yeah. Great. Um, I noticed uh, one of the houses that another agent in our home sold was over on the golf course and I believe they had one of your hydronic systems in it. Yes, they did. <laughs> I, I took a, a very lovely picture just of the utility room in the basement. It was, it was immaculately done. Yes, it was. I, that's kind of what was my folks' house. So. Right, right. <laughs> a little partial to the home, but <laughs> but yes, it was a very nice home. And it did have, uh, yeah, it was a thing of beauty to look at that heating yeah. system. It really was. It was. He showed me the pictures. I'm like, that is very beautifully plumbed out. Yes. Like, those are beautiful beautiful lines and everything that they have put in the walls. You know, some of us are just nerds about being with the mechanical systems. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, you know, not everybody's going to appreciate that, but let's put it in anyway. Yeah. Well, and he was very proud of it too. I mean, mm-hmm. he did point it out to you and just what? here's, here's my mechanical room. <laughs> Do you see anything in the industry that's upcoming at, to get excited about? Um, well, one thing I will tell you that you will see prices going up. Uh, COVID oh, has sure. really interacted on pricing. And it's not only in our area, because I know it is in the lumber and everything's going up. And also even just PVC and the PEX fittings, which are more popular now almost than copper because the cost difference. But they're go- everything's going up because the companies can't get and make the resin. Well, when, when Houston went down with the ice storms and all that, then the resin became very rare. And now these prices are just shooting up and uh, some of the companies are putting you on allotments for materials. So wow. I hate to say that. It's so a plan for for additions or plan for things a little bit better. Better. Because and then you, probably add in extra. Because you may pay more. Because uh, like I said, I know that lumber's gone up immensely too and windows and everything is it's just not in the plumbing end. So Are you still though able to get all the parts that you need in? I know for a while... You know, everything was kind of on back order because they were coming from from China or they were coming from overseas where, you know, we had a lot of COVID cases where that that country just completely shut down. So nothing was coming in, nothing was going out. So are you still able to get some of these parts? We're still doing pretty well on getting stuff in. Uh, I hope that holds up and uh, we don't get cut off on these shipments and that. Um It's just always hard to tell. <laughs> right. From day to day. Uh Sometimes I they'll. Companies will be out of an item and I just go on daily trying to watch and see if I can nab it when they get them some in. So, Well, that's good. And At least we're getting them in. And we're hearing that from the national level too. So it, it's definitely, you know, not just in our neck of the woods or the upper Midwest. It's across the country for sure. Yes. Um, and then that's also translating into talking with builders and the new builds that are coming up. Um, some builders different parts of the country are starting to lose contracts because they have to increase that because their product is increasing. It's out of their control too. Right. Which becomes then it, when everything's increased in the home, not just one night, one yeah. particular field, then you, you can really add the cost to a new home. Uh, it really goes up immensely. Well, well, thanks Deb for coming on over. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, good to see you both again too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fantastic. That was really, really awesome having Deb from Aaron and G in front of the microphones. Um, I, I know we have a uh, want to do a lot of community stuff, but I think it's really, really cool to get a lot of the um, industry professionals in as well. I know Deb has been doing it a long time. Yes. And it's always really good just to, to have that as a good resource of being able to just talk with them of what they do and things to look out for when you are, once you get that home, you know, I this is a concern and maybe we need to keep an eye on this part or that part. And being able to have those conversations ahead of time is always really good. And you can buy um, items directly from them, which I thought was really, really awesome. Um, Also to get the feedback that they're in a little bit of a supply chain uh, downslide. So there, it might be difficult to get certain specialty items and whatnot. And that might be bringing the price of building and remodeling up. Right. And, you know, just going and shopping around and going past the big box stores and taking a look at some of those smaller mom and pop places that might be able to get you something different. Maybe the same price as those ba- of the big box stores, but it's, an, it's an, an option out there. And if we don't know about it, then we don't know where to go to ask. Yeah. And even if you pay just a little bit more, 
I mean, what's an extra $20 or whatnot? It might not be that bad or you might find a deal. Right. And, you know, even with it being a local company, it's going to be something that you definitely can trust and may have a better warranty than the big box stores because they're going to want to make sure that you're taken care of. And more options too. Perhaps they can order something in in a particular color. So if you wanted to create the pink bathroom for your 1960s ranch. Only if it can come in that clamshell sink. Right? You mean the the seashell that looks like a a big big seashell? I wonder if you hold your ear up to it, if you can actually hear the ocean. I probably can. So fantastic. Yeah, great to have Deb. Um, Known her for a long time. Like I said, you know, doing the commercial side of things. They they helped us out a lot. That was really, really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's next? Well, do we want to just kind of jump right right on into the market? I know we're going to be having a break coming up here pretty soon, but you know, maybe touching a little bit on the market would be a good idea because we can always follow up with that after the commercial break. Sure. What is the market looking like? Now, these are pre-recorded shows. So right now it's Wednesday evening, Wednesday the 7th? 7th. Okay. Yep. Today is... National Health Day. So we're supposed to go do something healthy. And we did. We, we did. We took walks. We did. It was a beautiful walk. It's also also National Beer Day. So we have not had our beer yet. No, but there's still time in the day. And we also didn't combine the two and have a beer on our walk or walk to the brewery. Although we could because, you know, Bee's Tap House, we could walk down to the river. I think that's probably like a 10 mile walk. It's a little bit longer walk now. Yeah. That we moved into the country. Right. So 20 miles all the way around. I don't know. That almost sounds like we're going to do a full marathon. No, no, I'm not up for that. Not even for beer. Okay. So so how is the market then? Well, according to our market, so we're looking at active to go take a look at here in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. We are now up to 20 homes on the market. It has been exciting see, being able to see more properties coming online. And the nice thing is we do have a couple of them that are under that $100,000. We're looking at two. Well, there's really four. So we've got the one at the 34.9, 37.9, then the 68.9, and then 92. And then we jump up to 120. So we are we do have a couple of them under that 100000 So you do have some options out there. So that's kind of nice to see. And we're even starting to increase a little bit between that 100 to 150. So it's looking like some some homes that... It's starting to break up. It's starting to get more homes on the market, which is really great for those buyers who are out there looking to purchase something. Spring is in the air, and I think people are getting excited to finally get out of the house and get it listed and all that springtime activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we usually see an increase during the springtime market. So eventually we're going to start to see some of those things come online. So it'll be kind of, it'll be nice to see and We've got buyers who want to get out there and take a look. And also, too, for the sellers who are thinking about listing, now is the time to start having those conversations so that way you can take advantage of the spring market. Um, Normally, as far as annual sales go, um, this state and this area, uh, we'll we'll see somewhere about a thousand or so properties being sold. And we're already 97 from uh, this year until the end of March. So that's it, it's going to be another crazy year, I've got a feeling. It is. And it, it's going to be one of those we need to be ready as far as buyers go to take a look at, am I ready to to buy? And what do I need to do in order to be ready? So if you're taking those steps now, it's going to help you so much in the long run. Yes. Like, like we've been talking about decluttering and getting things kind of staged a little bit. If you have to do some repainting, Now's the time to get the paint out and, you know, I mean, you're going to be packing to move anyway, so it's a good idea to just sort of stage the house ahead of time. One of the um, topics was staging the house while you're still living in it. And I mean, we don't expect people to go out and buy new furniture, but maybe depending on what it is, if you want to take your furniture that you really, really love, maybe spending a couple bucks on, you know, uh, Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or something like that. And getting a stand-in piece of furniture for that, um, that way you don't have to keep moving things and maybe you anticipate well, leaving Or it, it could with the be house. a, just move the furniture around. So if we've right. got a nice, beautiful hutch in the dining room, but it's making the dining room feel smaller, maybe we take and put that in the living room. You know, just kind of rearranging the furniture we do have 
so that way it makes the house feel more welcoming and not so cluttered is is an option too. And really taking a look at your your home and to see how things are all laid out is really the best way to go. And even though, I mean, we, we've heard this in previous um, blog posts and informational out there that, that people suggest staging it so it looks good, even though it doesn't necessarily work good for your everyday life, because your everyday life is not going to be at that house anymore. And so it's okay to move things around. Well, even just the staging for the pictures. Exactly. Uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be for one day while we take the pictures. And then the next day we can put it back to where it was. It might be, again, there, there's options. And it's one of those things of just sitting down with us to kind of talk about what's best for you and your family. I know when I take pictures, I, I often tell the sellers, don't worry about what's in your closet. Because unless it's a beautiful walk-in master closet, uh, it's it's okay to store stuff in there, especially temporarily just for the pictures. So, And we've seen that happen. We've seen oh, yeah. our, our mm-hmm. sellers take and just shove everything into the cupboards. They've forgotten that it was there. And the next day during the showing, we did have, you know, a little bit of an issue. And because we totally forgot about that. And, you, you know, will. everybody had a good laugh. Yep, and yep. we just, the house did get sold. And um, everyone just kind of had a good laugh about it. You open up that door and everything comes crashing down. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we look at kind of locally. So Jer just gave us the numbers this morning as far as locally of how last month looked. Mm-hmm. So kind of local numbers, we're looking at, you know, just the regular general residential homes. So we had 94 homes that sold. Now, was this uh, the first quarter? So I believe it's our first quarter. Yeah, right. I got to check on my dates here. I believe it was the first quarter. I think when we were talking a week ago with the end of March, March had about 40 homes itself that had sold. Mm-hmm. So. so yeah, this is first quarter stuff. So I mean, it's... It's kind of interesting to kind of see, uh, you know, what things are are looking at. And even like our days on market, we're only looking at 76 days on market. Yeah, which is really, really um, maybe improved, but it's certainly a lot faster than it was a year ago even. Mm-hmm. And even our average sale price of, you know, sold is 141846 So yeah. we're out at 142, 142000 Right. And again, that's average. So that takes into account everything in the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So we sometimes we talk about median prices and that median price is the middle of the road where average is the average. So it takes in all the, you know, the high and the low. So if you had an unusually amount, uh, an unusual amount of low priced homes or high priced homes, that skews that average a little bit. It, it does but just s- a little bit. But still, I, I think uh, last when we looked at March, our median price was in the hundred and thirty-four thousand range. So this hundred and forty-two thousand range for an average, it is very comparable. So if we kind of look um, year over year. I always kind of enjoy taking a look at these. So it's this time last year, and I'm looking at vacant land. So vacant land. One year ago, we had six vacant lands sold. Okay. I know. Currently, we have thirty-six. For this first quarter? Yes. So that is a lot of extra vacant land. So the first three months of last year, which was before the pandemic really set in, we had six vacant lands. We had six vacant lands. And this year, even though, you know, seasonally we think the wintertime is slow, but, you know, with those days on market and land, land moves sometimes a little bit faster, sometimes a little bit slower as far as, you know, from the offer to purchase to the closing. It depends on the circumstance. I was going to say, yeah, some of ours are still 30 days out, depending upon if there's a loan or not. So, I mean, we've had some that have closed in two weeks and we've had some that has taken a little bit longer only due to the loan. But having this much, this high of quantity of land being sold here in the first three months of 2021, that's astounding. And along with as many homes as we've had sold as well is also astounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're looking at, you know, need a place to put the camper. And we've had a lot of people start saying, I haven't been able to find a house in a year. Let's just find that piece of vacant land and I'll work with a builder and we'll build what we want because we're just not finding it. So there's lots of reasons why we're having that such a huge increase of vacant land. People are looking toward the future. And uh, the consensus amongst the builders that I've talked to recently here is that they're not really taking 
on contracts that would be finished even this year. They're looking to next year and the year after, at least starting the basic conversations of what is the process? What do you have to offer? What What's our, our plan? You know, and, and what floor plans do we want? All those things. Um, because it's going to be a lengthy conversation at this point without knowing the prices of things. Very true. Well, and it kind of leads into our kind of what's going on with us. So in a couple of weeks, so on April 24th, I want to double check the date here. Tip. April 24th is we're going to be doing an open house at some of our vacant land that we have listed. So we've got 13 lots that are listed up for sale. So we're working on getting a list of builders together and talking to them a little bit about builders what we can do and not do on these parcels that we have up for sale. So we're going to be over at our vacant land on 21st Avenue coming up here in two weeks. And we're going to, we're going to be out there checking, meeting people and come on out to check out some vacant land. And talk about perhaps building on it. Mm -hmm. Now, these parcels of land that we have available there on 21st are almost ready to build. Uh, You got to do some land clearing, but the city services are right up to the curbside. Right. So we have two that are on 21st Avenue Mm -hmm. and they have the city sewer and water ready to the lot line, which is great. That's one thing that we always want to look at. And then we also have a few others that is just on, they're on a dirt road. It's not a road that has been developed yet. So there's a little bit added extra cost into that as far as purchasing those. But again, if it's a neighbor who wants to extend their land, maybe not having the road in there is is a concern for them. Or if you're looking at, you know, you want to be a savvy investor, you're curious about investing in real estate, this might be a way to get your foot in the door, get that land in your possession and perhaps starting to get paid off in the next year or so. And then looking at a development and mm-hmm. working with the city for these uh, developing these parcels. They're, they're not huge parcels over on 22nd Avenue. I think they're only... Point one three, if I remember. I think right. it was one eight. Okay, they're still less than a quarter acre. Yeah, they're they're small lots, but we're going to be selling them into two lots together, so that way that you have a decent lot in order to build a home on. And then working with the city on just the zoning and the restrictions on how to put a specific size house on those specific size lot. Yeah, it's it's going to take a little bit of a marathon, but if someone's got the gusto to you know play it out, this could be a, a real good. Real good thing for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we're going to be over there on the 24th. I'm not too sure on the time. I want to say it's from at 11 o'clock. We're going to be there from 11 to 2 or 11 to 3, something like that. But we're going to be over there. We're going to talk about it next week when I actually have everything kind of nailed out because we're doing a meet the Cobalt Banker agents on the 23rd, 24th. So I'm going to tease you with a little bit of that. We're going to tell you a little bit more next week as far as what this is going to look like. So it's not just going to be us doing a thing. We're coordinating this with the rest of our office, right? Correct. So the the other agents in our office are also going to be out doing their thing on the same day and you can kind of tour around and get to meet everybody at different locations. Right. And there's going to be prizes yet too on top of it. Ooh. I know. So I don't want to give away too many details, but for sure, we're going to be over there on 21st Avenue and we're going to take a look at some vacant land. Well, that's exciting. That's It's really going to open up people's options. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know housing is is a challenge right now for everybody. Uh, the rental situation is a, also a little bit of a challenge. Um, it's expensive and it's a little bit more expensive and it's been harder to evict people for the usual reasons. <clears throat> so they're going to be staying around. Um, and, you know, the, the rental options are pretty much filled up around the area as well. Yeah. And we're we're trying to keep our the buyers that we do have happy with it, it's getting to that point where there's not enough of an inventory to keep buyers looking. They're just kind of sitting there going, now what? Well, we're, we're working on this. We're, we're trying to get some more, more homes on the market and we just kind of keep you all kind of a little, little posted. And it's not just our office either. It's, it's all the agents around. And I know they're, they're getting active too. I mean, uh, just the, uh, our weekly staff meeting here on Wednesdays, you know, the, the rumbling going around is there's a lot of listing appointments and people are getting excited again to list their house. Mm-hmm. So and we think- just kind of look at our buyers and just do the, you know, keep working with your bank, you know, keep the credit where it needs to be, or you can continue working on your credit to maybe get into a different price range. And that way when the house does come available, you're ready to go. Yeah. Using this 
time to financially set up for the fast pace, let's write an offer, let's get everything done, ready, sorted out to go in a month or two. Yeah, that's really going to get a lot of those buyers in the right position to get that first grab, the really good offer writing on their behalf and, and really give them the best chance to get into a house. Mm-hmm. How are we looking for time? We got another 10 minutes on this hour. Oh, okay. Well, and two with writing those offers, we were starting to have some of our buyers think outside the box of what a, a normal offer would look like. So we've done, you know, some, well, we've seen online a couple places where, you know, they post the, the picture of the, the offer of, you know, let's pay for the Netflix. Oh, the, the funny ha-has. Yeah. The yeah. funny ha-has, you know, we'll pay for your Netflix if you'd, you know, pick us. And we're not suggesting that to anybody, but you know, kind of looking at things and going, you know, what would you, what would you like to do? Well, we'll pay for your full year of dog food for your, for your pet, you know, a, a spa package. We'll throw in the spa package so that, yeah, no, no, we, we can't quite do that. I don't think we can. No, but it's funny to think that's where the market is. It is. It is. And when there's, you know, five offers sitting on the table of trying to make your offer look good is is one of those things we're having that conversation with the family to see what they're what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. I know the number one thing that in our office that has been going around is talking about not doing that home inspection. Which which is a double-edged sword as well. Um or putting the home inspection as a non-contingent item in the offer. No, just for buyer's personal knowledge of, you know, the home is at this level. And here are the, you know, the concerns or these are things that we can work on as far as a repair. So what does the electrical look like? You know, do we need to change out some outlets to a GFCI eventually? Those sort of items or where the plumbing is, you know, that sort of thing. There's a lot of things that you learn about when you have a home inspection done because those home inspectors spend about three hours crawling around the house and they go into every single nook and cranny. And take like 200 pictures of the home. Now, one of the, the humorous ones I found on the internet was the home inspection. And he found an Easter egg from the kids who were supposed to pick up the Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. And he labeled it as unfound Easter egg in location. Suggested parents give clues like warmer, you're getting colder, it's around the corner. So yeah, they're, they're kind of funny. But the home inspectors do do a very good job. They do. And it's really a, a good way to create some insight into what your home is going to be like for you and, and start planning, you know, that month ahead while the process is still going on of what lumber do I have to buy? What fixtures need to be replaced? A lot or it of, might even be, here's the valley of your roof. So when the snow and the wind and everything, you might get a lot of snow drift up here on the roof. So it's not just... It goes a little bit beyond, you know, they'll talk about the different seasons of, mm -hmm. you know, making sure water management, I think, is our favorite one to talk about of just kind of controlling that water, making sure you got your gutters and then the extension. So it goes further out and keeps away from the foundation. So it goes well beyond what most people think of a home inspection would be. That can also get confusing because there is so much advice given in the home inspection. It. The inspectors really want to uh, focus on education and making sure that you, the buyer, are educated on what you're getting. Sometimes it sounds overwhelming and it may be thought of as, oh my goodness, there's so much going on. You know, the place is a death trap and I'm surprised anyone's actually lived here. But it's usually not that bad. It's just um, the, the good amount of information that's given can be sometimes overwhelming. There, there are many times it is a little overwhelming and, you know, when you get handed, it, it's nice that it comes in an email. So it's not like we, you get handed a ream of paper, but when you start to print off a 200 page document of your home inspection, and I think that was probably the largest one that we have seen on one of our listings. It was very in-depth and uh, just they went through the whole entire home of this is a concern this is a safety issue this is all good so i mean they've got that range of what they're looking for and it was a fairly large house so hence why it was such a big piece of document by the time that we got it all printed off so that way we could go through it with the homeowner of this is what they found and you bring out a ream of paper and not all those items are classified as defects, especially right now. Um, 
there is a, a move to the home inspector to actually themselves qualify what is a defect under a certain uh, qualification process, a stringent list of this is what is going to qualify as a defect. Right now, it's a little bit more broad as being health and safety issues or a serious detriment to the value of the property. Mm-hmm. And through the process of the home inspection, if it is a contingency, we may ask for things to be fixed that are kind of in that gray area where you know the buyer feels that it would kind of be a detriment to the house. They may just ask for a price reduction or they may ask it to be fixed. But I, I think one of the tactics on the buyer's side of writing a good offer later on is with the home inspection, understanding what's a good thing to be repaired by a licensed contractor versus something that can be repaired well and in a good workmanlike manner by the homeowner and, and putting that language in the, uh, the amendments once we're dealing with the, uh, the home inspection. Very true. Cause you know, there are some things that yes, the homeowner can do, you know, I think our favorite one to point out with this is, you know, the outlet covers, you know, if there's an outlet that doesn't have a cover on it for one reason or another, you know, we don't need a licensed electrician to install an outlet cover. You know, the homeowner can do that. He can go get the 39 cent outlet cover as long as the outlet cover matches the the outlet um, and then just screw it on. So, you know, again, families with small children and you've got that those wires exposed. Kids like to poke things. So putting a, an outlet cover on is something that we wouldn't really want you know, a licensed electrician to do. The homeowner can do the uh, the flexible accordion pipe for the waste on sinks is another Another catchy one. And it might not be that the current homeowner did this as a repair. It could have been the previous homeowner to them. Right. And maybe they didn't have home inspection, but now the new buyer coming in has the inspection and is seeing this flexible pipe on the waste of your kitchen sink being an issue. Okay, it's maybe not the best way to do it, um, but it's serviceable. So a you know good workmanlike manner repairs to replace that with solid pipe. And if the homeowner is handy enough, that could be something that the homeowner would be, you know, competent enough to do. Right. So kind of taking a look at those, that home inspection and sitting down with the buyer and just going, okay, what is important? What isn't important? And what can we do to make the home safe? And also then with the seller too, that you know, we're not installing a brand new dishwasher because it's it doesn't... Ne- it's nearing the end of its, its life. It's nearing the end of its life. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there are just some things that, you know, there, there are lines. We like to talk about them so that way we don't have too many disagreements. So having those contracts go back and forth of just trying to iron out a few things sometimes is needed. And sometimes if we can do it logistically the first time, it's a little bit easier. And again, we're focused on education ourselves. So educating our clients is where we're going to go first. Well, that's going to wrap up pretty much our hour one. So come back and visit with us again for hour two. We'll be talking a little bit more about the market and some other highlights about the community and what to expect in real estate around Wisconsin Rapids. All right. See you in a bit. 